Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about shoulder impingement and whether or not it even exists anymore or has it been debunked. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. Lenny McCrina, Mike Scaduto, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, everybody here answering your questions. Dave will be right back. So they get a, a routine scheduled uh, break. He's working on his work-life balance right now. It's in his contract. It's, it's <laughs> uh, We are here answering your questions. PT, fitness, sports performance, anything you guys want to talk about. We are here, as always, with our good friend, Dr. Trey. Len, tell us a little bit about Dr. Trey. Dr. Trey is an exceptional student from East Tennessee State University, the home of the Buccaneers. Uh, Dr. Trey comes today uh, ready to take on the challenges of our PT day, and we look forward to helping him engage our clients a little bit better. Thanks, Trey. Thanks for everything you do for us. Thank you, Trey. Appreciate you. Dr. Trey, Dr. Trey, round of applause. Dr. Trey, do we have a question today from somebody from the listening audience? (laughs) We have Ethan from Texas. Is shoulder impingement a real diagnosis? I've been told it's still taught in PT schools, but I've seen research that has debunked it. Ooh, I like this is this, <laughs> Dave is back. <laughs> Bam! Yeah, right. Dave Tilly, everyone. Uh, so Ethan from Texas wants to know: Is shoulder impingement still a real thing? Because he's seen research that debunked it. So I guess the question is: Did you really see research that debunked it, or did you see a social media post <laughs> that's debunking it? Bum, but bum, bum. but what, let, 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 let's talk about this a little bit. So what do you guys think? So let's start with this: Is shoulder impingement real? That's kind of like I don't even think that's the right question to ask. But who wants to start with maybe why we're even in this situation where we're debunking shoulder impingement? Hmm. I'd like to talk about shoulder impingement. Yeah, I would like to like, listen to yeah. you talk about shoulder impingement, Dan. Well, I I think here's what's tricky, right? So there's different types of impingement, right? So you have impingement of the supraspinatus, you get impingement of infraspinatus and layback with pitching, so there's different types of impingement. You impinge different structures, right? So there could be different things that are gonna be painful. So when you think, oh, shoulder impingement, that's a garbage pail term, doesn't mean anything. I think the other thing is that when we're finding that when people have tendinopathy and when people have cuff tears, it's not just due to compressive forces, it's also due to tensile forces. And there's cases where people are not getting compressive forces, but they're getting cuff tears anyway. So I think this thought, and that this is what's kind of going around social media too, is that uh, compressive forces doesn't make sense. Impingement is not a real thing. And I think the other piece is that um, due to kind of our knowledge of nociceptive feedback coming from uh, physical therapists, we're afraid to give people this idea that if I bring my arm overhead, we're going to impinge structures. So we use something like a rotator cuff tendinopathy uh, instead. 
And for a lot of our younger athletes, I often feel that rotator cuff tendinopathy is not even an accurate diagnosis because they might not even have that pathology quite yet. So I think we're, we're struggling for a term. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it still exists. Impingement is a real thing that's occurring, you know, so it's not fair to say it doesn't exist. Uh, but it's probably a multi-factor thing going on within the shoulder causing problems. I, you know, and I think the, the real issue here, like listening to you and kind of, I think that's the real issue, is that anytime anybody has any type of shoulder pain that isn't surgical, it's impingement. And it's, uh, what do you call it, garbage pail? Garbage pail term. Garbage pail term. Did, do we say pail with that or just garbage term? I don't know. I, I, I stuck the pail in there. I like right. the pail in there. So, I mean, yeah. it's a junk term. Right, so it's it's a it's a it's a junkyard term. Uh, like shoulder impingement means nothing, and I think the problem is is everybody in the world that has shoulder pain, we say it's shoulder impingement, and yeah, impingement is a biomechanical term that something is impinging, right? So it's very very vague, very very broad. And if you say everybody has shoulder impingement, then yes, we're not going to have one special test to diagnose, and we're not going to have one treatment that's effective to do it. It's way too broad. It's way too vague, and, and I. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, so I think Dan brought up a lot of good points in there, like tendinopathy, cuff tears. I think you know we're questioning whether or not they come just from compressive forces, which you would argue impingement is. But I do think there's also a component of uh, you know do you increase inflammation and then you have decreased tensile stress to shear as well, and then maybe something has a compressive impingement but then has a lower ability to handle shear. Right, so you know, I, I, I've always kind of considered that all like in one kind of realm. Even if you start having some of these like kind of tensile tears of the rotator cuff or even undersurface tears, does it all happen because of this cascade that may be happening? So we don't know any of these answers, but I think one of the first issues that we have with shoulder impingement is that it means nothing. Not everybody with shoulder pain has, it, it, we can't call that shoulder impingement because there's so many different reasons. So who wants to go from here? I mean, I get tons more, but. I, my only two cents, I think, adding on to you guys, is it's, it's so hard to differentiate the structures that are like truly preferring pain, right? Like, especially in the anterior shoulder, it's like the bursa, the biceps tendon, the cuff, the capsule, like it's really hard to tell. And so I feel like that makes it really tricky to narrow in on like whether it's impingement or whether it's just like eccentric overload or a little subluxation. So. I think that you have a variety of tests you can use, but you kind of have to use your your best judgment about like we think it might be a few things. It's not going right. to be just like this one tentative squish and it's causing like problems. Right, and it's and it's that the squishing is causing the problems because yeah, right. we do know biomechanically that you impinge every time you move. Right, so meaning like that, there, there's no like loose space. There's not like a gap and then it pinches, right? Like that we can we can always say like you have your tissues impinging all the time. But I do think we also have some evidence that shows when you decrease the subacromial space that you have more impingement and you have more stress and you have more compressive force on those structures. So are they correlated? I don't know if we'll ever know that answer, but I do know that we can do things. Even though every time you move, you you impinge and you're impinging. There are ways that we can actually decrease the threshold to be able to do that. If you have tightness that results in superhumeral migration, that is gonna wear on, on the tissue faster. That is gonna cause more inflammation. That inflammation can cause a cascade of other effects, metabolic, physical, everything, where now the tissue has decreased ability to handle stress and you start having like a tensile tear, right? There's So this is like so complicated and we're trying to make it simple by just calling it one junk term. That's why nothing is perfect. Now, there's no one test, no one treatment for this type of thing. So it's hard to say like the shoulder pain uh, impingement 
not exist. I, I think that's too simplified to go in that direction and say it doesn't exist because I think you're doing the exact opposite by telling people it doesn't exist. Then that's like, all right, we'll just like keep doing kipping pull-ups and keep jamming it in there, even if like you know if you have no other issue. That jamming and that impingement over time, that's going to cause stress, right? You know. I think so. social media likes to take extreme positions. Obviously, I think this is where it's coming from because I've seen it out there and I just blow through it because I, it just doesn't fit my my thoughts. I think Oof, it, it doesn't it, 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 I'm, bias I'm, I'm very biased. <laughs> I love to live a biased life. <laughs> I, biased. I, I know the, the term impingement can be very harmful for people and that they think that's that's another Come on. That's, I know. But Come on. Some, I, this Wait, is the argument. Do you think shoulder impingement's harmful? I don't. I don't, but people that's one of their arguments is that you give somebody that like, diagnosis. It's not like that's that scary. They, We're not, I know. Oh wait, alright, what if we call shoulder impingement syndrome? That's harmful. That could be harmful. Yeah. It, it, again, it, it's, the, it's the extremities, the extreme positions on social, social media. I think over time, impingement is relevant. I mean, I think it's obvious. Like, yes, we impinge on most of the movements that we do, especially overhead. But there's a point where the tissue just can't handle the capacity to handle that in a 40-plus-year-old is going to be different than somebody in a 25-year-old who's kipping and lifting and doing overhead press and all that. There's a reason why we see cuff issues in people that are 45 plus years old. So I'm in that world now, you know what I mean? So the, the, the <laughs> lack of blood supply, lack of the ability to, to, to handle the stress on it, eventually something's got to give. So I, I think it does exist. It doesn't probably exist as much as we want to think, but it certainly is not a term that we just need to throw because it's not relevant. I just think you, if you describe it correctly to the person, what potentially is going on with them and how you have a solution for them, I think the term impingement is not going to be so detrimental to their life. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it can be true in specific situations. And part of the problem with social media is that you have people that maybe don't work in the same population as you, and you put an article about shoulder pain, and all of a sudden they're saying this is not necessarily accurate, and they're looking at the lens of all the people they see. Um, but, I mean, in my population, I am working with people that are doing a lot of kipping, and they're getting a lot of hyperflexion of the shoulder, sometimes internal rotation, and they're just like basically in a nearest position over and over and over again. And if you think about a primary mechanism of injury, yeah, they're probably getting some tensile loading through the cup, but they're also getting a lot of compression. And then when you have them come in here, say it hurts when I go overhead, hurts on the back between the kips, hurts the end range of flexion, I put them in a flexion, it hurts. So you put them in that compressive position, it reproduces their same symptoms. It fits with subjectively what they're telling you. I do think that that's an accurate diagnosis for that person that's right in front of you, right? So for that individual, I would say shoulder impingement is probably the primary cause, you know? So that makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, the, the issue is that shoulder impingement is used for everything. And it's a junk term and it's used for too much and it is not always accurate when you say that. Um, so I, I think it's just like everything else, like we've, you know, patellofemoral pain, almost everything that, we, that we've that we kind of labeled here, it's, it's almost like when the surgeons don't have something to surgically fix, let's just give it a junk term and say what it is, right? But I think anytime you have an extreme position saying like, well, that's not a real thing or that's always a thing, I think that's when we run into trouble. There's, there's certainly times we get in there. The problem though, and I think the reason why this episode's important here is what you don't want is a new grad or a late level student, something like that, actually seeing these social media posts and saying, well, impingement doesn't exist because then they're going to do some pretty stupid things, right? They're going to say like, they're going to do the exact opposite because they're extremists. They're trying to like be like, no, keep going, man. I, I, I want you to, you know, don't be fearful of that movement pattern. Keep jamming it up. But what if you have a tight capsule? What if you have a mobility restriction? You keep just jamming it over and over again. And that's how they got into that mess. How on earth is that the right treatment plan? 
right? That doesn't make any sense, right? So you don't want to be on the other side and say that it doesn't exist and it's, it's debunked and that, that sort of thing. There's a component of biomechanics in everything. Right, but there's a component of everything and everything. And I think that's the biggest takeaway of all this stuff. You have to kind of put that into play. So is biomechanics the only answer? And is shoulder impingement very biomechanical? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not the only answer, right? So I think that's the problem when we when we get into somebody being on one side of either end of a spectrum. It's just it doesn't apply to everybody, right? So any other closing thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I mean yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, don't be afraid. I mean, don't be the person that says, oh, shoulder pinching doesn't exist. And then, I mean, trust me, I've seen this. We've seen students coming in kind of with this, like, personality. Not Dr. Trey. He's the man. But, like, like with this personality, it's almost like you're, like, I don't know. So you're, like... I don't know. Like, the patient comes in, it's like, ah, no, I, the doctor said I had shoulder impingement. Like, no, that doesn't exist. Like, wait, and then, yeah, they're like, ah, oh, that doesn't exist. It's fear mongering. Gotcha. Right? And, then, and the patient's like, whoa. And you make the patient feel bad. And, it makes, and, and then they're like, I don't know. The doctor told me that. I trust the doctor. I like the doctor. I don't know. I mean, like, like if we just get into this situation and you want to get into that. I think the thing to realize here is that biomechanical stuff in and of itself probably isn't the only answer. And I think that's the big thing to come with it. Just, just realize it's a junk term. Embrace it and teach them that they can move and teach them that it's okay that we do always impinge, but don't be the knucklehead that just pretends it doesn't exist and just keeps jamming it. I think that would be my, my overall it's answer. It's a neurobiomechanical. Neurobiomechanical. Inotransductive neurobiomechanical. Boom. Covers everything. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So great question. I think, you know, I, I think again, that's, you know, I feel like we've been dealing with a lot of, um, you know, trying to help people with our experience try to figure out what's real and what's not real online because a lot of that is really you know is yeah it's really yeah right it's like the matrix you know a lot of that is really relevant nowadays to these younger people and i get it they feel overwhelmed right like i get it so uh so great question if you have anything like that you want us to debunk more debunking of debunks let us know head to mikerano.com click on that podcast link deception. and you can debunk any debunking of debunks that we could debunk at any I think time the bell. <laughs> at any time. Thank you. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to mikerinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.